Um, you look oh, so professional right now. I feel like I'm on a radio show. I am really professional, Bella, and like I just want to point out that like I'm really good at this, and I haven't made any mistakes ever. So, welcome to the show. Okay, can you just say one other thing? One other thing. I knew it. I knew it. Oh, hi. You're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky ones that got out and all the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney, and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I currently work or I used to work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. I'd like to welcome our guest, Bella Heathcote, if we're pronouncing her last name correctly. Bella has her own customer service episode on this very podcast that you will hear at a later date, which I'm certain is going to be confusing for everyone. And that makes me really anxious, but we're going to do the damn thing anyway. So this is sort of a hybrid bonus slash real episode, but it's definitely more of a bonus episode because we're going to be talking a bit more about COVID-19 and how that is affecting dear Bella. That said, her bio and intro are on her official episode, and they're going to be far more gracious and revealing than this one's going to be because she has a laundry list of credits. But the biggest and most relevant detail currently is that Bella is an amazing actor hailing from Melbourne, Australia, and she is currently calling us via FaceTime from that location because her industry has been shut down due to the COVID-19 crisis. In fact, her current production that she was actually on a television show has been shut down since March. You're going to hear, like I said, her intro in the official episode, but it does bear repeating because I think this is my favorite thing that I learned about her before we did our last episode. Bella repeatedly kissed Johnny Depp in exchange for money because she was his romantic interest in Tim Burton's beautiful film, Dark Shadows. I just (laughs) want to be able to say that over and over. Okay. So I better know Bella from the tiny world that is Hollywood. And she's now stuck being my friend, poor thing. So that's that's our reality. And so Bella, we miss you here in the States. Where exactly are you now? And how has quarantine been for you? I am in Phillip Island, Victoria, which is south of Melbourne, almost two hours south of Melbourne. And... How has quarantine been for me? I mean, I have so much anxiety about being on this podcast. Oh, and I hate that. Answering that question <laughs> because you know we're we're pretty lucky in Australia, and it's not because you know I've had a lot of friends ask me why, and I also want to. I feel like I want to preface this entire podcast by saying the opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Um, take what you like and leave because, the rest. Okay. <laughs> take what you like and leave the rest. Because you know I am not an expert. I have no. You know I do not claim to know anything but you know we are very fortunate in Australia in that we are an island nation at the end of the earth so in terms of minimizing the damage of COVID it's easier to do than other countries you know if you come in you've got a quarantine for two weeks and we can you know basically our our border is the ocean so yeah it was easier for us to contain it you know we also are lucky that our prime minister you know listened to scientists and you know we had a lot of testing and those things were really good but essentially we're just really fortunate because the thing that I used to resent as a child which was we're so far away from everyone else is now the thing that's turned out to be a blessing. I realized I don't even think I answered your question, which is like how I've been in this. That's okay. Pretty lucky. You know, I felt pretty lucky and grateful and kind of riddled with guilt. 
That's yeah, honest. That pretty that's, much sums it up. Okay, that's honest. You know, I'm certain that the anxiety stuff we'll we'll get into in a little bit if you want to talk about that. But so I think that it's important to distinguish that, you know, you at no point in any of my conversations with you have at any in any way expressed that you are not eternally grateful for the fact that you have a place that you can go and be safe and that you recognize that that is different for a lot of people. So I don't think that you're coming across at all as like, well, guys, it's fine, because I think it's also important to to remember that you know we're all very a lot of us are very blessed in this situation that we haven't had to deal with it necessarily directly or we haven't caught it ourselves and also that we have a roof over our head and you know electricity and access to food and water and so I I think that that also doesn't minimize that there is an anxiety that comes with this regardless of you know the the fortunate circumstances that we we do share I, I do think that it is there is still a mental health struggle for everyone so that aside now we're gonna ask questions. Um, right. Okay, so how are you able to tell us the sort of process that got you to Australia? Because the last I spoke with you, you were in Canada shooting, and I don't know if you're how much you're allowed to talk about that. But sort of what was the process of getting you back to Australia during this time? Totally, I'm bringing up my phone to look at a calendar, not just yeah. deciding to send a text message <laughs> in the middle of this. I'm very boring, uh, and that's fine. It does. I don't take it personally. <laughs> so okay, Friday the 13th of March. I was in Vancouver. That's when, for us, we were told production was shutting down. Uh, We were about to start shooting this project called Pieces of Her for Netflix on Monday the 16th. That was going to be our first shoot day. And it was really strange because we're in pre-production and I feel like I had multiple daily conversations with producers as the crisis was unfolding. Like, how are you guys managing this? And, you know, what's the deal? We just are we still going ahead? And they were like, yeah, 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 we're, things are going ahead. We're going to have more hand-washing stations, I think, was something that was mentioned. They were going to have more medics. And then, you know, things started shutting down. Obviously, like, it, things changed daily. And so Friday we were told we were going to go on a two-week hiatus. So, I mean, in the week of March 9th, I was talking to producers about, you know, whether we were still going ahead. And they were saying, yep, things are going to go ahead as planned, but we're going to have more medics on set and more handwashing stations. That was the plan at that time. And then, I don't know, things changed daily. And Friday the 13th was when everything shut down. God, that's so disturbing. Isn't that weird? The 13th, the world (laughs) shut down. Uh, And basically every production went on hiatus. We were told that we were going to go on a two-week hiatus and then see where we're at in two weeks. So Friday the 13th, everyone that was on that crew and some of the actors, but, you know, some of the producers, the director, they all jumped on a plane that day and flew back to L.A. Oh. And I waited in Vancouver that weekend because I was meant to meet my husband the following weekend in L.A. We were going to drive across. We were so organized. I had everything packed in my car, my laptop, everything, like all my belongings because I'm so organized. And I was just like there for the week, but then blah, 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 blah. I had my life perfectly planned out. And then so I was like, look, I'll just hang around this weekend, see how how this is going to unfold. And then Monday the 16th, Trudeau made an announcement, you know, that they were going to start restricting travel. And uh, it was that day that I spoke to the producers and it was clear that no one was going to be – starting anything anytime soon and god bless them they were like okay you're totally okay to fly to australia so because i knew that my husband wasn't going to be able to come into america or 
Canada, I was like, I've got to get to him. And I think at that point, it was like very early on, there was a lot of fear and anxiety and no one really knew how this was going to unfold. So I jumped on a plane that night and flew directly to Melbourne and then came in and self-isolated in our house for two weeks. So what was the communication? So obviously production sort of knew things at the beginning of March that, you know, this virus sort of existed. But was the thought that it was going to be possible to keep going prior to the 13th? Yes, or at least that's what was conveyed to me. I remember thinking it was really strange and there was a lot of, I feel like we did a table read on maybe the 12th or the 11th. It was the 11th. Yeah, it was still kind of acting as if, I suppose. Or, you know, it was just they, they were waiting for more information. And then it was that Friday that they chose to shut down. But I don't think it was like a government regulation at that point. I think they were just reading the tea leaves and every production across the board, I think, shut down on that day. Okay. And so then you get on a flight on the 16th, you, you go to Australia. Now, did you choose to self-isolate for two weeks or were they? did Australia tell you, you know, now that you're coming back in the country and you were elsewhere stay away for two weeks we had to we we received flyers when we came off the plane like government mandate was that we had to self-isolate for two weeks we were asked to wear masks in the airport and it was strange though at that point I was the only person that I saw on the plane I mean I was really fortunate Netflix god bless them flew me home so where I was sitting in the plane, I was the only person wearing a mask Oof. and I was kind of looked at like a bit of a weirdo and I was like, whatever, I'm doing the right thing here. I'd also had, hadn't been feeling like tip top. I'd seen a doctor and like gone through this whole protocol and they were like, look, you've got a sinus infection. And I was, but I was still just a bit, I wanted to be uber cautious, as cautious as I could be. And so I came home, I had the fly when I got off the plane saying that we needed to self-isolate and basically you had to, when you, at passport control, you had to reiterate then that you were going to self-isolate. And then I think maybe two weeks after I got back to Australia, they changed it so that everyone who flew into Australia at that point got taken directly to a hotel and you you are there's like a mandated quarantine. So I have friends that have returned back, returned since, and they've gone to basically you go to a hotel for two weeks. And I've had also my friend's mum went to a hotel and tried to leave and they were like, you will go to prison. Like this is... Wow. This is a really serious offense. So they've taken quarantine very seriously. And you can see uh, the, the result of that is lower numbers. And then since sort of being able to open up, right? Because are you guys now fully open? We're not fully open and it's different state by state. But we have, as of I think last week, cafes and restaurants are open with a maximum of 20 patrons at any one time and they're obviously that you know depends on the size of the place and it's social distancing measures so they have to be spread out there has to be 1.5 meters between each patron and to go into a cafe or restaurant you have to give them your name and number so that if anything you know if anyone were to contract COVID they can contact everyone and tell everyone to isolate or tell everyone to get tested so aside from that I'm not sure I mean I think schools are open again what else is open I mean I think you can go to like a hair salon again Wow, uh, but it's all about tracing, uh, and there's like an app here, a COVID safe app that people are encouraged to get, that basically tells you if you've been in contact with anyone who's had COVID. Oh, that's like brilliant! Based on like GPS mapping or whatever, 
which is really annoying that I can't get the app. Oh, yeah, because your phone is based in the States. Because my phone, because I've got a (laughs) flipping American app store account that I started when I moved to America. And I don't know why they won't let me get the app. What if I were American? I've talked about this a lot, obviously, to you outside of this podcast. My dad is very concerned that I can't get the COVID safe app. So I'm just doing the best I can. There you are. So you guys are basically so so do you have to have a mask in public? Like, is that something that they're mandating or is it recommended or not even? No, Uh, not as far as I know. I mean, I've seen it more like my dad will wear a mask when he goes to the supermarket, but I wore a mask once and we are, you know, we're also where my husband and I live, we're on Phillip Island. It's there's no much smaller population. There's like one bridge in. So it's also like one step further removed. As far as I know, there haven't been any cases on the island, but I wore a mask one day and I walked to the supermarket and people looked at me like I was a leper. Like they really... (laughs) They're like, she's got it. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I got home and I was a bit teary. I was like, people were mean to me. (laughs) But also like, what is your problem? I might have, I may as well have written a sign on my head that says I have COVID, you know, it was pretty confronting. So what was the, as far as like, because I think everybody sort of remembers, or I'll speak for myself, I remember the moment when I was like, oh shit, this is absolutely way more serious than I thought it was. Mm. Was that, for you, was that when production shut down? Or did you have an inkling before then? Or has there been a moment where you were like, oh shit, this is more serious than I thought? Or did you always think it was a big deal? I definitely didn't always think it was a, I mean, I knew when was, okay. Because I was in New York at the end of February and, you know, I went and saw a play. So it was still, you know, there was, the theater was still open I think production shutting down was definitely the first I mean it was that whole week when people were like talking about whether or not production would shut down and seeing the numbers spike so I guess in early March yeah and then when it really hit home for me personally was that Monday when Trudeau was talking about when when they were talking about travel restrictions and I was just terrified that somehow I was going to be separated from my husband for like an ongoing period of time and thinking you may have to stay because would you have potentially had to stay in then in Canada that enti- for the entire time if you were to have closed it? I could have at that time because I remember people that weekend between the Friday and the Monday, I remember everyone being like, get on a plane, come back to LA. What are you doing? Like, you're going to be trapped in Canada. And I was like, well, I don't have a house in LA currently. Like, what am I going to do? Just get trapped in LA. And I was kind of like, I think I'd rather be trapped in Canada. I don't know. Like, I just didn't. There were so many what ifs and hypothetical what ifs yeah mm-hmm. so I, I mean I, I you know Richard and I spoke about it that I, I felt I was in a better position if I'd had to be stuck somewhere to be in Canada yeah and just try and hope that somehow we could be reunited but yeah it was uh, dicey because we're both you know we're both Australian so what did um so since so now we're in June so did production had they said okay, you know what, guys, we're closed until the, or closed, uh, we're wrapped until the end of March, you know, see you guys April 1st, or what was the communication as far as the length of time, or was there? I think after that two-week period, there was discussion about the hypothetical start date, mm-hmm. and they said, they said late summer, you know, but oh, so at even the same then? time, no, even then, and I think oh, wow. at that time they thought. I mean, I don't know. I, I you know, I'm, I'm. Did, I feel like I'm making up thoughts in their head. I don't know. But at that time, what was told to me by my agents was late summer, but it was posited as if that was a. What's the word I'm looking for? What is the word I'm looking for? A conservative estimate. Estimate, but okay. like we're just going to say something on the later side, and then we're kind of going to be safe in terms of like starting because then that was also a thing like what do you start up again and then I mean to go back into pre-production and then shut down again I mean I can't imagine the costs incurred and all that so I think 
I was always told late summer, late summer, but it was, I've still, I'm yet to get a specific start date, but they've been incredible. Like Netflix have been incredible in terms of communicating with us like as best they can you know just like even if it's saying we have no more information at this time but just we're here it makes you feel safe and the producers have been amazing the director's been in like constant contact not constant contact but appropriate really yeah yeah I, I felt as far as this situation like I don't know how you could have handled it better but it's kind of like typically most of the conversations are like we'll know more soon or we'll be in touch soon or, you know, I hope you're safe, hope your family's safe, we'll be in touch soon. So do you, as of today, which is the eighth where you are, the seventh where I am, do you have an idea of when they're going to turn the lights back on? Because at least for California, Newsom announced that everything's going, or at least production can be going back on starting June 12th, which I think is personally insane. Which blew my mind. It's yes. insane. Wait, I don't see how Richard, that's possible. It's insane. My husband reads the Danish news because, I don't know, he speaks Danish and he likes to keep his Danish fresh and so he reads the Danish news and there was an article Flex. in the Danish news about, I know, I know, wanker. Um, there was an article in the Danish newspaper about, that, you know, they're opening, Hollywood's reopening June 12th and he was like, that's insane like insane. what are the know so he went to LA Times and sure enough same mm-hmm. article so but look they've actually started shooting things here and they started shooting things here early April I know I, I actually sent this um, article to my director they started Neighbours again which oh is they so did like the first show I did you were yeah. on that show and, I love that I mean they had an kind of incredible system to start back up there was an article in the New York Times about it, actually, about how they basically grouped actors into like, okay, so these two people are in scenes together and you're not allowed to associate with anyone else on set. They mm-hmm. kind of cordon off all the different acting groups and they just basically try and minimise contact between crew and actors and they were doing like temperature testing and wow. COVID testing at the start. So everyone gets a temperature taken when they go onto set. And they basically just like made these really small self-contained groups so that if the worst happened as someone were to get sick, they just remove that group and keep going. Wow, that's brilliant, actually. So that's how they, I think they were one of the first productions to go back. And then someone else told me Children of the Corn are doing something in Australia or something's going on there. So, okay. So there has been shooting here. And I've, you know, I think those articles that Richard read, there was shooting happening now in Iceland and like some other place. So, but yeah, LA is getting back up and running. And then I know BC have had mm-hmm. a fairly, um, you know, they, they responded to COVID well in terms of, you know, they were managed, they managed to minimize contraction and infection yeah Yeah. well and i read Uh, south korea and iceland are the two are two countries where there are south korea yeah tiny american productions i guess are there now Mm -hmm. but they've been and they were somehow able to keep the documentary film market kind of going by all sorts of innovative ways that i guess because it was just someone speaking directly to a camera that it was you know you could minimize crew but so are are you looking forward to potentially like being able to get back on set before the end of the year are you nervous to get back on it's so funny. It feels, I, I feel like, you know, my husband and I were talking about it. I feel like I'm going to get an email like in the next two weeks being like, okay, great news. Things back up and running. You'll be flying out on such and such a date. And, but even that feels right now so far away. Like it, before when you, my concept of time, like before when you said June, I was like, okay, no, it's not June. And I was like, oh no, it's June. It's June. It's June. So, and you know, when they said August at the start, like late summer, maybe August, I remember thinking, what? Like that's, mm-hmm years away and 
and that was back in March. And now August is just around the corner. So am I looking forward to getting back to work? Yes, but I feel like just as I had a, it was kind of like this grieving process when we all went into COVID and, and quarantining and everything else surrounding that. And then there's this kind of anxiety that I've experienced coming out of it. Yes. Uh, like socializing, you know, when it was like, okay, you can hang out with one other, with two other people. And then they expanded that. And then this many people can gather outside and then seeing people in cafes, it's like a whole new learning to walk again or something. And so I imagine being on set, you know, I struggled having a conversation. Like I had to do an interview for something recently. And I, I remember saying to the journalist at one point, like, I'm sorry, my brain feels like scrambled eggs. Like just talking feels weird again. So well, because we've I'm all we nervous, excited. Well, that's a good thing. You're nervous, excited. Good. And you and I think because we've gotten used to like how we're doing this right now, there's a screen in between us. And that's sort of the nap, the veneer that we've all gotten used to that felt so assaulting and confronting mm-hmm. when it first happened. And now it's like, oh, no, this is this is how we do it, though. We spend a lot of time at home and we're in front of the computer or the TV most of the day. And I totally yeah, I agree with you that I think it's going to be weird I mean, even just going to the store and stuff is weird to to think like people where I am are getting close to me and I'm like instantly my heart starts racing and I'm like, oh my God, that's not allowed. That's not. And I'm like, wow, if you would have told me in February that I was going to be scared of human beings walking up to me, <laughs> just I wouldn't have thought that. 100%. Yeah. Has Australia, so besides the app, has there been some something that they've done that you haven't seen other countries do or something you've noticed that you're like, oh, that's interesting I wouldn't have thought to do that as far as their response or has it kind of been in line with sort of what everybody else is doing? I mean, the mandatory quarantining, like the kind of mm-hmm. you get taken to a hotel and if you leave the hotel, you go to jail kind of quarantining, two-week quarantine system. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are other countries doing that, but we're certainly doing that here and just the availability of testing. Yeah. You know, my husband and I called the doctor. We had a stomach thing and, you know, God bless him. He was like, you know, have you been in America or, you know, just asking standard questions and our answer was yes but we'd been back in Australia by two months at that point he was like well you should go get tested I was like we have basically been in isolation for two months he's like I still feel like you should get tested we're like okay and we just went to our local urgent care and got tested and that whole thing took about an hour you know it was really easy that the system was pretty fluid like we just we turned up we push a buzzer someone comes outside answers some questions outside gives you a mask, tells you to wait in your car, then you go in, you get tested, you leave, you find out within a couple of days. Like that was pretty cool because I know that, you know, some other places and I have friends in other places and it's a bit more difficult to get tested and it's, it takes ages to get a free test yeah. and, you know, the turnaround, you know, I had a friend who was tested in LA and the turnaround for her was like nine days. Like we found out pretty quickly and she was symptomatic. We we weren't and we still found out within three days. Oh, wow. And we were told that we were going to have to wait longer because they're like, look, unless you're symptomatic, you kind of go to the bottom of the list, which is totally fair enough. And it was still uh, only three days. Still only three days. This but is- as far as that, I mean, I don't know, you know, I'm sure there are so many other things that I don't know about and I'm Sure. I'm the first to you know claim my own ignorance around things, but um, as far as I know, I don't think we're doing anything else that's super different. Sure. Or is the, do you know is Australia paying for that hotel stay, that two week hotel stay? I can Google this after. I just didn't know if you might know offhand. I. You don't know. don't know, but okay. I think so. I believe so. That's so awesome. I would just be like, I would travel just to get a two weeks in a hotel just to be like, whatever. <laughs> I just want to experience a hotel. <laughs> you I can't open that. a window though. You can't open the window. Oh God. Never mind. 
veto. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you probably can't like swim or go to the gym or any of that. No, no, no. You can't oh, make no. your room. They oh, no. Bye. Food. It's like, yeah, you have to oh, get no. a room for two weeks. No, no, no. Thank you. No, thank you. I would go no, crazy. Not ideal. Yeah. Not ideal. Not ideal. Not my favorite. Not my favorite option. <laughs> okay. Um. So things have opened back up. I have a list of like questions I'm trying to go through. Okay. And then do you wear masks and gloves? I already asked. Um, what is a wallaby? Because I feel like you need to clarify this for the people. This is unrelated. <laughs> but I need you to clarify because I'm pissed. Oh she gosh. sent me the most adorable video of what I thought was a kangaroo climbing into its mommy's pouch. And I thought it was the cutest thing of all time. And she was like, hey, isn't that adorable? Blah, blah, blah. BTW, definitely a wallaby. Okay, talk to you later. And I was like, I'm not Googling this. I'm annoyed. So Bella, pop quiz. What the fuck's the difference between a wallaby and a kangaroo? <laughs> I honestly have this conversation at least once a week. And I Good. feel like I should know by now. And I don't you don't? That they, they're smaller. They're smaller. Okay. But they still, they're they like, look almost identical. Yeah, they're basically the same, but smaller. Okay. Uh, I imagine it's the same as a house cat and a feral cat. <laughs> Okay, that's amazing. You know, just size. No, I really feel like there's probably some like other subtle difference that I don't know about. But if you look at a wallaby and a kangaroo, kangaroos are huge. Are they? I've never seen one in person. Yeah, they're big. Oh, okay. That's cool. That was and my... we eat them. Shut the fuck up. Is that true? Are you joking yeah, you or serious? Kangaroo steak, kangaroo meat. I what? Promise that's true. Yeah. I, I think people, someone told me recently that you can eat wallaby as well, but I'm like, whatever. I've had kangaroo steak before. I've not had a wallaby burger. Wait, but that would be hilarious. That's like eating a feral cat burger. It's like you, you who wants the street meat? You know, you want the like well-raised kangaroo that's like it's higher quality <laughs> steak. Okay. Um, that's the only gotcha journalism question I have because I, I was like, I'm burying this in here because that asshole never told me the difference. <laughs> okay. Um, are you scared of contracting COVID? I would imagine at this point there's nothing to be scared of it sounds well that's not fair i shouldn't say that but it sounds like your risk is way lower than elsewhere look i went to a rally on saturday and i wore a mask and i tried to maintain social distancing but it was certainly the first time that i'd been in a large group of people and i felt nervous at the time i'm also just not great in crowds in general sure but since the rally i basically have done a lot of uh, head miles about have i contracted should i get tested it's not I mean, perhaps not really naively, it's not my own health that I'm concerned about as much as like my father's, like he's certainly in an at-risk group. And I just have this irrational fear that like also kind of like egocentric that like what somehow I'm going to get COVID and spread it. It's like, so, even though my group of people is so small that somehow I'm going to give it to like the whole of Phillip Island or, you know, like. Uh, you know, that's not egocentric. That's actually you being a thoughtful human being that's like aware that there uh, there are consequences to this these actions. Totally, totally. But, the, you know. <laughs> I'd say worst case scenario, if I contracted it, like given the amount of people I actually come to contact with, I'd say the damage would be quite small, but my brain has made the damage pretty large. Sure. I understand that. Uh, And your dad is I suppose I have a fear about contracting it, but the fear is more passing it on than actually Mm. having it myself. Or like the consequences of the the symptoms being to you as opposed to the symptoms that other people would have to walk through. I get that. Yes. That's because you're thoughtful. I was worried too, but I, I talked to, there's actually the doctor, Dr. Mare episode that everyone can listen oh. to on this podcast. Can I listen coming, to it now? Uh, it's not out yet. It will. It's coming out next week. So not, not this Monday, but next Monday. Um, and he talks about that if you have a mask on, he said, essentially your, the opportunity for you to contract it, if you are washing your hands and not touching your face whilst in public, he was like, I can't say 0%, but he's like, it's essentially that. And he said, if you and everyone else around you also wears masks and wash their hands, he said it's, it's, he goes again, I can't say zero, but he was like, that's even less of a chance that you can get it. So 
I did the same thing when I was around a group for the same reason. And I was like, oh, crap, like we're all super close and we're yelling and we're like, mm. you know, there's there's an exchange of air and and I had a mask on, but I thought the same thing. So I totally I understand that. But just know that from Dr. Mayer, that is a fear that you can potentially put aside for I mean, your that activities. Is good. I mean, also the, the incredible thing about the Black Lives Matter rallies in Australia was that they were all handing out, the, like the organizers were handing out these little uh, like snap lock bags that had masks and hands. I'm going to cry. Stop. And also like t- t- telling people how to, which this is my, I'm so OCD that like people wearing masks and I'm like, you know, I just, I didn't say it, but I really wanted to be like, you know, if you pinch the bridge of the nose, like that's how you seal the mask. You know how it's kind of loose. You can actually pin. Yeah, that's how you just don't say it. Bella. Like just don't say it. Everyone's wearing masks. You're outside. Like just stay in your own lane. <laughs> but at least, they, tell them how to wear them. at least they weren't wearing the masks under their nose because I'm seeing that consistently. I'm like, that makes me, that makes me crazy. Okay. So uh, you mentioned grieving and, you know, we're doing really well with this comedy podcast. I'm a great host. <laughs> um, but <laughs> because of the like, you know, the unpacking of those emotions, are you concerned? Cause you had said, you know, it did feel a little weird to be in space with people and stuff. Are you concerned with this new sort of chapter we're walking into? And I don't mean sociopolitically. I mean, just the actual physical like epidemiology of what it looks like to be a human in the world in a safe world without a virus going forward or now with this virus. It's a very, Thank not God we're not talking about the sociopolitical thing. Cause I was like, Ooh. yeah, uh, I know I'm not, this is not a gotcha experience, even though, yeah, I'm, you know, the wallaby question was pretty <laughs> shitty, but. Oh man, I'm going to get off. Gonna, and then I'm going to listen to the doctor's episode. And I'm going to be like, thanks Kate. Thanks for putting me on before the doctor. Now, I don't know anything about anything. Mask, what? Uh, I mean, look, it's really like that. One of the, one of the many little grief moments I had was just like, I just want to be able to hug my friends you know mm. i want to be able to hug my dad um, Bless. like he you know he's going through stuff and as we all are but so he, he's going through a specific situation and just watching him be upset and not being able to hug him felt so bizarre like just to be like okay hugging him is the wrong thing to do right now mm. but walking away from someone who's hurting visibly upset and not hugging mm. them feels really just wrong like yeah. fundamentally wrong in my body and uh, mm-hmm. we had dinner with the couple last night and you know I I said that I'd I'd attended the rally and did the best I could to stay safe but you know I can't I can't promise them that I haven't come into contact with it and they were you know they were they knew that going in and but walking in like kind of staying far away and being like okay so no one's hugging like we're not hugging I feel like the whole no I feel like hugging is something that's just gonna be so strange and then you know I was reading something in in the times actually they were talking about like auditioning how we're supposed to continue to self-tape but auditioning in future will be behind a plexiglass window and I read that too you know not being able to it's just like being raised in a world where it's like you shake hands you make eye contact because that's how you I don't know what what, why is that why do we shake hands and make eye contact I mean it's just like what people do when they're trying to make a good impression or something it's all about like this firmness of your handshake and making solid eye contact like the idea it's just going to be getting used to doing things different like just I mean whatever I can let go of the handshake but not hugging like when is it okay to hug my friends again there was a New York Times article about like safe safe way to hugs and I was like oh cool I just want to send this to all my friends and be like okay so basically as long as our faces aren't near each other so you like can side hug basically kind of yeah like that like awkward side hug but that's just so that's awkward anyway yeah I would agree with you that 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 piece of the lack of physical touch or the lack of physical touch without having to think like it's really fun to run up to people you love 
like your dad yeah. or your friends and just be like, ah, and give them a big squeeze. And now we have to be like, okay, wait, what are the, what are the steps? And it feels, it does feel kind of like a rejection, especially to a parent to, to just yeah. be like, cool, cool, cool. Stay over there. It just doesn't, it doesn't feel good. Also for me, because I, I travel a lot and because I've been living in LA for the last 10 years. So, you know, in the last two years, it's the most time I've spent in Australia since I left Australia in 2010. So there's this feeling like when I first came back, you know, I couldn't, I didn't see anyone for a couple of months. And even that just, you know, just being like, I just want to see my friends or I just want to hug my friends or like the idea of getting on a plane and leaving again when I go back to work and not having hugged my friends. Really, my dad just kills me. Um, yeah. Because that just when you become aware of people's mortality, you know, it just, uh, oh, but yeah, not just not being, not being able to hug people goodbye without thinking, oh my God, did I just Infect risk them. their health? Yeah, I would agree. There's a, there's a piece of that that I find very sad. Okay. So what on the, on the positive side, what have been the things in quarantine that like, like you've mentioned, you've gotten to see your husband surf a bit more than you maybe normally would have, or that you've gotten to, I don't know. I don't want to fill in the blank. I am filling in the blanks for you. What, what are some things in quarantine that you've done that you're like excited that you got to okay, do? Quarantine upsides. I got off social media. Not a girl. I just took a massive step back from that. That was a big win. I've definitely spent more time in nature, more time outside. We're really fortunate where we live. We can just walk down to the beach and uh, that's just so good when you're in your head. Mm. I've, you're right. I've watched my husband surf more. I've rest. I've slept so much. I've eaten at home a lot naturally. Uh, so we've cooked more. I've read more. I've watched less TV. Uh, I've done some pottery classes. I, I did some that. drawing classes. <laughs> I mean, basically just actually trying to develop hobbies. And even that at the start was so, you know, it took me a minute to kind of get over the self-imposed pressure of and I think this is also was assisted by not being on social media was you know like I should be writing or producing I don't know what the hell I thought I should be doing I had some sort of ideas about what I should have been doing during this time but it's really forced me to be I don't know just be kind which is what that incredible who was at the health the main like health official in Vancouver BC BC when she made the announcements oh my gosh I need there's an article on her in the times I wish I could remember her How name. How she's become a bit of a hero kills me. I can't remember her I'm name I'm looking right now. it up right now. She's the, what was her title? Health, health, Ooh, health czar. Name's, health. Did you say health czar? Yeah, I'm writing in czar. Czar <laughs> BC. <laughs> oh, she, wow. It's like, that's not an option. <laughs> the internet broke. I just broke it. Because it's like czar? Okay. What is that? Oh health? my God. Did you, I can't believe you actually Googled czar. I did. <laughs> Ministry of Health. The minister, the health of the uh, Adrian. Health minister, yeah, that's Adrian good. Dinks. No, is that right? No, damn it. Elizabeth Colt. Nope, nope. That was before. It's not Ad- Adrian Dix. A- Adrian. If I wasn't on this thing right now, I would just get into my New York Times because I read this article and she is so cool. Anyway, this woman who we can't, whose name we can't remember. Yeah. But she's the woman who makes the you know announcements to the public. Oh, Bonnie know. Henry. Yes, Is Dr. Right? Henry. Yeah, the top doctor who aced the coronavirus test. That's the name of the article. Yeah, now she's that leading will the probably way. Be it. Yeah, that's probably her. Bonnie Henry. So Dr. Bonnie Henry ended all her, like every time she made an announcement or something, she finished with, you know, this is a time to be kind or be kind. <laughs> oh, and that's I'm going to cry. Huge I thing can't. in BC. Yeah, I it's can't. become like people have been printed t shirts. She's become like a celebrity. <laughs> like be kind. And I feel like that's been, because at the end of the day, you know, all this time for introspection can be great. But if, unless you're able to be kind or be gentle it's just torture because for me I can just sit here and 
beat the crap out of myself. So I feel like I've consciously been cultivating that or trying to. Yeah. And aside from just like spending, you know, some great quality time with my husband and all those things that in regular life might feel indulgent or like all the I should, you know, just the obligations that we put on ourselves to like see certain people or do things just to have that all stripped back and realize like what is actually important to us and the things that we genuinely like doing. That's been pretty awesome. That's great. And what, what's what been your favorite takeaway from quarantine, whether you learned something or you were like, what's just been your favorite piece of all of it? Hmm, favorite piece of it. That is a really difficult question, Kate. I'm sorry. Skip it. Do you want me to ask it a different way? Oh, yeah. Ask it, ask a, different it a different way. way. Okay. Ask it a different way. Okay. How, what has been the, the book that you read during quarantine that you were like, everybody better read this fucking book. It's so good. Is there a book that you're like stoked about or? Okay. The last book I read that I was stoked about. Okay. Two, Girl, Woman, Other, author's name I can't remember right now, and Conversations with Friends by Sally Rooney. So, Sally Rooney, who also wrote Normal People, which became that smash hit TV show, which I it. also loved. Okay. Uh, but Girl, Woman, Other is about – it's each each chapter is a different character and they're, it's, it's set in London and all the characters are black and it's, like, incredible because just to see those stories told but also, like, this, like this great chapter that has a character with, like, a woman who's Nigerian and, like, her inner monologue about, you know, she's dating a guy quite late in life and what she's doing with this guy from Ghana and I don't know, it was just incredible to have these these characters uh, and it also felt like the kind of English answer to a Sally Rooney book in some way like just like the characters and how well crafted they are and the inner monologues I don't know how people do that like how you can create so many different I feel like I'd struggle to create one believable character but to like write so many different ones they're the two books that I really love that I've just like devoured in this time and then I've gone like super like read a bunch of like John O'Donoghue I'm reading a book about stoicism Okay. Which is like ancient Greek philosophy, but is actually like applicable to modern day life. They do things like, I I heard this in a podcast recently, they do things like negative visualization, which sounds crazy, but basically you picture something like, for example, if you have a child, you picture like for a small period each day, not, you don't dwell on it, but you imagine that child not being in your life. Like Mm. you imagine losing them. The theory being that when you see that child, you're going to be so grateful to have them that you're not going to take them for granted and be like, oh God, I'll play with you later. Or like, you're just really giving me the shits right now. But but you can apply that to like that roof over your head or your partner or whatever. So it's that you don't, it's to avoid hedonic adaptation. So you don't just get used to this thing and kind of take it for granted. And like things like that, I thought were, so I'm reading that book at the moment. That's super profound. And what a what an, an effective tool for what is potentially, you know, the last, in theory, this could be the last like month, could be the last few weeks of this, you know, barring not having to go back in it or barring things truly being fully up and running and people going back to school. It will be a time that I think I will look back on and there will be aspects of it that I miss. And I, you know, I think that there have been amazing things that have come out of this. Just like you said, just the quality time that we've gotten with people that we care about to reprioritize the things that we've put our energy towards prior to this, I think will be neat. I definitely feel like I've also had some like incredible time to get to know my dad during this period. And it feels to me like stolen time because I, you know, I was meant to be in Canada working. So to have this time in Australia and to be able to visit him and spend time with him we've been doing like family zooms with my brother who's in London also just seeing how people seeing how different people cope and seeing how someone like my brother who you know is a different industry has similar like similar anxieties we all have like the same fears about our health our jobs mm-hmm. whatever that may be uh, I feel like kind of getting to know my family during this time is amazing also just seeing everyone in my immediate circle like 
look so well rested. Oh, hello. My brother works in hospitality. And so usually he's just kind of running on fumes and being like, God, you look really well. Yeah, I've noticed that as well. Yeah. And having a bit more patience as a result of how much rest some people are getting. Well, is there is there anything like a piece? I don't know. I don't know if you would have advice because this might almost be this might be over soon. But is there anything that you're like, you know what? I learned this about myself or I learned this about society or I'm really excited for going back into the world with this information. I just keep thinking of Dr. Bonnie Henry's words, be kind, you know, just that idea that I don't know, we're all doing it differently. We're all coping differently. I remember reading an article early on. I think it was in the it was in the Harvard Business Review about and the title. I sent it to you. Yep. I know what you're talking about. The Uh discomfort that you're feeling is grief. And uh, just talking about people's different experiences, like the idea that you could be really upset with your teen because they're acting like it's the end of the world. But for them, it is. this is the biggest thing that's ever happened, you yeah. know, yeah. and just to have compassion for different people's responses. You know, mm-hmm. it's easy to say there are and there have been horrific things that have come out of this. But I think to shame someone when they're in their particular brand of grief, which may be your teen who feels like, you know, they, they didn't get to go to the prom or whatever that could be. I think if we can just be more kind of compassionate and, and kind to one another. I agree. With oh, this. God, if that's if that could be the takeaway, that would be awesome. I totally agree. And I think it's possible. And I just to speak to the the sort of prom example, because that's been brought up a, a, a few times. I agree because at the time in your life when that happens, it is the biggest thing and it is yeah. the thing you care about. And like we just I just did a Zoom preschool graduation. What up, Rob? For my friend's <laughs> child, whose name is Taya. Happy graduation, Taya from preschool, Ooh. because she said, you know, she asked her parents, she was like, well, I'm graduating from preschool. Like, what are we doing? And they said, oh, you know, sorry, like your preschool's shut down and it's been shut down. About, and she said, does nobody care that I'm graduating? And I was like, what? And then he oh. immediately sent an email to like 200 of us. And he was like, guys, we're doing a Zoom call. Like, please. like, And there were a hundred plus people on the call. It was lovely. But, you know, it is to her that she's in preschool. Like that is, you know, Corona interrupted that. And so you're right that I think it's so well said that whatever everybody's particular brand of grief is, to be able to give them the space and the depth to go through that. And a Jewish friend of mine um, mentioned that they're in some certain sects of the Jewish faith for the first year after you experience a massive loss, whether that be a child, a mother, an uncle, whatever that loss is, they wear some like a black band on their arm. And Jewish friends, correct me if I'm remembering this incorrectly, but to let you know that in, if they are to go to a wedding that you invite them to or some sort of celebratory event that they're not going to be the one in the middle of the dance floor, that they're just going to kind of stay to the side and to know to be kind to them because they're experiencing that loss and you know it through the band. And I was like, that is my favorite thing I've ever heard Mm -hmm. about any religion. Mm -hmm. Like that is so beautiful. And I think collectively we all kind of have that black band on our arm right now. Yeah, can we all just put a black arm in for the next year? Yeah, truly. And, and for the, you know, and walk through this kind of kindly together. Okay. On that note, I've taken enough of your time. Now you mentioned that, so I was going to ask how people can get in touch with you or what your socials are, but I, it seems like you're sort of away from social media. So what is the name of the show? I know you mentioned it before, but I may have to edit it out because of the the little crinkle. So what is the name of the show you're filming? Yeah. And who did you get to work with that you were so excited about? <laughs> besides the whole cast, besides the whole cast that you're very excited about, but there was one person I remember you being excited about. I'm super excited. So the, the show that hopefully will commence shooting again soon is called Pieces of Her. It's for Netflix. 
and Tony Collette's going to be my mum. Tony Collette's your yeah. mama. I oh, know that's so cool. It is very uh, cool. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about that. And then yeah, I've still got I've got my Instagram. I mean, I deleted the app, but I'm going to get it back. Okay. And it's more just like it was also for me just became this incredible tool for me to not be kind to myself. So it's but it's definitely not a permanent loss out of my life. I'm going to get back on it. Okay. Um, as soon as I build up the scaffolding around my brain. So it's Bella Heathcote. Bella Heathcote's my Instagram. Can you spell that for people that don't know? B-E-L-L-A-H-E-A-T-H-C-O-T-E. Perfect. Heathcote. Heathcote is how I was saying Heathcote. it forever. And then when you did the podcast, I was like, oh, shit, I've been saying it wrong. Okay. Well, we're going to drop checks now. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to hear, help us out here at Service from Hell, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends to listen. It will help us reach more people that need to be schooled in the art of being kind. It will be catharsis for those of us still working in the industry. Remember, if you can't afford to tip, you can't afford to go out. So don't be garbage and be good to people. It's easier that way. And uh, thank you to all our international listeners, especially since this is featuring an Australian human. Thank you to all the people in Australia that have been listening. That has been lovely to see the numbers there so yay thanks guys maybe one of you can send me an email and weigh in on what a wallaby is because i still refuse to google it because i don't think it's just the size that makes it different bella and okay look i'm gonna google it when i get <laughs> off this you're gonna get so many texts and emails oh. um well thank you bella for being on appreciate your time you are a gem and i can't wait to actually like side hug you and see you in person because yay. it's gonna happen soon Fingers crossed. Thanks, Kate. Thanks for having me. You're the best. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Sorry. Oh, I don't want you to freeze. I'm sorry. I'm not going to freeze. I promise. If I start shivering or turning blue, um, (laughs) just keep going. (laughs) Power through. I'm a professional. (laughs) Okay. Okay.